Welcome to the podcast for the Journal of Parenteral and Enteral Nutrition. My name is Dr. Kelly Tappenden. I'm professor and head of kinesiology and nutrition at the University of Illinois, Chicago, and editor-in-chief of the Journal of Parenteral and Enteral Nutrition, known as JPEN. I'm pleased here to be able to speak with Hilary Zellner on behalf of her colleagues at Rush University Medical Center. Hillary is a clinical dietitian that contributed to a paper entitled Relationship Between Respiratory Muscle Strength, Hand Grip Strength, and Muscle Mass in Hospitalized Patients. Welcome, Hillary. Thank you for having me. I was interested to see this paper uh, because it really does help fill out some of the expanding thoughts on the assessment and diagnosis of malnutrition. We know that muscle mass loss is one of the criteria for diagnosing uh, malnutrition. However, hand grip strength, not being the only way to measure it, but is one that many individuals have trouble with, uh, whether or not they have the proper equipment or they do it in a manner that's reproducible. So I, I was in, intrigued to see the work that you, you've done here. Can you tell us a bit about the impetus and the reason you, you did this work? Yes. So, you know, a group that I was working with during my um, graduate degree, actually, so this was a project that I was working on for my thesis. And, you know, a lot of the work that was done around finding more measures of uh, musculature that we could use as, you know, a tool as part of our full nutrition assessment. So like you were talking about, hand grip strength is often used to try to find some sort of objective measure of muscle mass. So, you know, this being one of them, there are obviously more out there. Um, however, we were trying to find a way to classify malnutrition and muscle wasting, um, more so identify it with a different tool. And using your respiratory muscle strength, those muscles that measure how well you're able to forcefully exhale and inhale, um, we were able to find a way to associate that with malnutrition using a measure called SNP or SNP nasal inspiratory pressure. And this maneuver was really found to be a really easy maneuver for patients to not only learn how to do, but be coached to do. I'm wondering about the subjects that you used. I know that they were part of an earlier study, but can you tell us exactly what type of subjects you used, what their, their diagnoses or the issues that they were in the hospital for, and how applicable your work may be to a broader hospitalized space if they did or did not have respiratory dysfunction? Yes. So the main population that we were aiming to include in this study were those admitted to a general medicine or a general surgical floor to make a wide variety of patients that this could apply to. So we wanted to increase the generalizability of our results by having a wide variety of patients, um, those with a normal nutritional status to being one with malnutrition. So we wanted to be able to capture a wide variety of patients with their sex, race, age, and ethnicity. So we did include patients from general medicine, general surgical floors. Okay, so there was not um, a specific pulmonary dysfunction in any of these patients? No, we did um, want to account for 
the differences that those types of disease states could have on their respiratory muscle function. So if any patient was admitted specifically with a diagnosis of chronic obstructive pulmonary disease or congestive heart failure exacerbations, those patients would be excluded from our study. All right, thank you. Now, tell us what you did. Yes, so we were able to, um, once patients were admitted to the general medical or general surgical floor, we did approach them to consent to participate in our study. And myself, um, I was actually a dietetic intern at the time, and my other colleague, we would approach the patients and complete our nutrition assessment, which is done for all patients admitted to um, Rush University Medical Center. And then after completing our nutrition assessment, we asked if they would like to participate in our study. And then after that, um, if they consented, we did perform hand grip strength measures. And then within that next 24 hours, we had our respiratory therapist come in and they performed all of the respiratory muscle strength function tests. So that included the MIP, MEP, and SNP measurements, which stands for maximal inspiratory pressure, maximal expiratory pressure, and SNF nasal inspiratory pressure. So these measurements um, were performed within that 24 hours to ensure that we were kind of matching our timing of our nutrition status parameters and our respiratory muscle strength parameters. And then your results, you looked at the correlation amongst these, these variables, is that correct? Yes, we did. And we did see um, an association between the nutrition status being, you know, those that were diagnosed as having malnutrition had lower measures of their absolute respiratory muscle strength function, as well as a percent predictive value that took into account age and height and sex for those patients. And so we actually saw with the SNF nasal inspiratory pressure, which is called SNP, that did show us that while it was also noted to be the easiest to perform, it did show a strong association between having malnutrition and lower measures of SNP. And how did you confirm malnutrition in these patients? I, you know, I, I understand the imaging that you did, um, but what was the full assessment for diagnosing malnutrition? So we did use subjective global assessment as well as the AND assessing criteria of malnutrition to identify malnutrition. So using a combination of subjective and objective measures to identify that nutrition status. Okay, interesting. So when you compared subjective global assessments and the data from the AND Aspen criteria, uh, what did you find there with regard to agreement? Um, I actually don't remember the exact outcome that we looked at there, but I know we saw very similar agreement and very strong agreement between those two measures, which really validates the use that we need to have both subjective and objective measures um, when looking at nutrition status. Sure. Now, um, are you proposing then that this SNP, it's easy to measure, as you said, are you proposing that this could, in fact, be one of the ways that muscle function could be assessed as opposed to hand grip strength? I think, you know, having another tool to look at muscle function would really be a great tool to have as a dietitian. So while I don't think it would ever replace the tool of hand grip strength, I think it would be nice to use in combination or maybe one or the other when you're using um, these different tools to assess nutrition status. We actually had 
um, and a continuation of this study and had a, a dietetic intern perform the SNP measurement. So she was trained by a respiratory therapist and she was able to perform and obtain these measures from hospitalized patients. So I think this was just a great demonstration of not only interdisciplinary teamwork, but also dietitians being able to do more of these roles. Yeah, that's very interesting. I like the fact that a respiratory therapist was coming in and contributing to the malnutrition diagnosis too. That's only going to increase uh, the visibility of nutrition care in these patients. Would the same limitations though that we know with hand grip strength apply to SNP, uh, you know, ability to measure it reproducibly, to have be trained properly, to have the proper device to do it. Talk to us about those practical issues. Yes, definitely with any new tool, you're going to have a lot of limitations in terms of getting this sort of thing up and running. So we would have to really collaborate with respiratory therapists and um, respiratory professionals to get this tool usable for dietitians. So while, you know, obtaining the tool itself is going to be a barrier, but also just making sure we have proper training that aligns with our guidelines as well as respiratory guidelines. So we did have proper training and reproducible um, results within our study. So we had patients that would perform up to seven SNP maneuvers to get that actual measure. So while it can be time consuming, it is a relatively easy maneuver for the patient to perform. So hopefully fatigue and those things wouldn't be an issue, but that goes along with hand grip strength and being able to have that patient perform the maneuver properly and being able to have reproducible results. Congratulations, Hillary. Not many people have peer-reviewed publication come out of a project they do as an intern. So I think that you should feel really proud of yourself for that. And thank you for this contribution. Thank you very much for having me. And I'm excited to see where the profession takes um, these novel ideas and see if we can have some more tools out there for nutrition assessment. Absolutely. Well, papers like this, you and your colleagues are leading the way. For our readers, please do go to the July 2020 issue of JPEN and read the paper that Hillary just told us about with the first author, Dr. Sarah Peterson, entitled Relationship Between Respiratory Muscle Strength, Hand Grip Strength, and Muscle Mass in Hospitalized Patients. <laughs>